Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Isle of Dogs in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. That's right. Today's episode is all about the statistics of Isle of Dogs, the new film from Wes Anderson. Um, before we jump into the data element of things, uh, brief, brief, brief response to it. Uh, you can check out, there's a small review on Letterboxd that I posted for Isle of Dogs, but this isn't any much more than that. It's good. Um, I don't know. I just, I was not super into it while I was watching it, you know, and even afterward and just thinking about the film, I I like it enough, but I don't love it. And I've loved so many of Wes Anderson's movies that Isle of Dogs really felt like kind of a letdown in that respect. Fantastic Mr. Fox is my favorite Wes Anderson film. And Isle of Dogs is almost at the other end of that spectrum. Now, a a bad Wes Anderson film, and I, I wouldn't even call this bad, but a lesser Wes Anderson film is not a bad film, uh, necessarily. Uh, you know, he's a director that I respect and I think has, has made a lot of fantastic movies. And this is one that I just didn't really connect with. And I don't know who's uh, who's to blame for that. If it's me, if it's him, if it's the media who have built up this film, the Rotten Tomatoes scores and all that kind of stuff. You know, so many people reviewing the movie on Letterboxd even are just head over heels for this thing. It's one of the top five rated movies in 2018 right now. And I just, it's not, it didn't work for me that way. So that's kind of what I'm going with this. Now, all that having been said, I I rated it decently. You know, it is one of the top 10 movies of the year for me at the moment, but still kind of a weak year. I don't even have 10 quote-unquote good movies from 2018 yet, so a lot of time left to be had in that respect. So, um, stats. Let's do it. Isle of Dogs. I saw this April 12th, 2018. Uh, That's a Thursday evening uh, at my local theater. It was pretty packed for a Thursday night. And it wasn't like a preview night or anything like that. Clocked it about 96 minutes total. Uh, and uh, it's a 2018 film. My brief summary. I originally was going to go with just uh, a boy is looking for his dog, which is what IMDb uses. But that really doesn't tell you anything about what the movie is actually about. So my summary is dogs are ejected from the mainland of Japan to a trash island by themselves. That's more or less what's going on in the movie. I gave it a 64, uh, which is fairly strong. Uh, you know, again, my negative reaction to the film isn't so much that I think the film is bad, just that it, it did never, it didn't really meet any of the expectations that I I had, uh, which is unfortunate. It currently has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, huge discrepancy there, unfortunately. Eye of the Logs comes in as currently the best rated animated film from the year, surpassing Early Man by a wide margin. It slots right between Game Night above it and Peter Rabbit below it. Moving on to the director, Isle of Dogs, uh, which is Wes Anderson. Uh, This is the 11th Wes Anderson film I've seen. 
and it drops his average film rating to a 79.27. It is his second film rated in the 60s and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind Bottle Rocket, the feature film, and ahead of Bottle Rocket, the short film. It improves his value to a 13 and his score to an 80.08. So he is ranked 12th overall as a director, one spot behind Steven Soderbergh, who just put out Unsane, and one spot ahead of Wilfred Jackson, uh, who has directed or co-directed Fantasia, Snow White, Peter Pan, Dumbo, Cinderella, Pinocchio, Alice in Wonderland, Lady and the Tramp, a lot of old animated Disney cartoons. Handful of writers uh, attached to the film, uh, including Wes Anderson, first and foremost, who wrote the screenplay. This is his 11th writing credit and drops his average film rating to a 79.27. It is his second film rated in the 60s and ninth best movie overall. It is one spot behind Bottle Rocket, the feature film, and one spot ahead of Bottle Rocket, the short film. Uh, Sounds familiar. It improves his film value to a 13 and his score to an 80.08, which ranks him seventh as a writer, one spot behind, behind Richard Linklater and one spot ahead of Noah Baumbach. But there are a couple of story credits uh, to go around for this one, including Roman Coppola. This is his third film credit, writing credit, and drops his average film rating to an 80.67. Is his only film rating in the 60s and worst film overall, coming in behind the Darjeeling Limited. It improves his value to a 4 and his score to a 52.4, ranking him 210th, tied with Francois Truffaut. Uh, director and writer of Day for Night, The 400 Blows, and Jules for Jules and Jim that I've seen, as well as Moss Hart, uh, who is one of the writers on Gentleman's Agreement, Oscar-nominated, and Best Picture winner, You Can't Take It With You. Um, also includes a uh, story credit by Jason Schwartzman, frequent collaborator with Wes Anderson. This is his second film credit and drops his average film rating to a 75 even. This is only film rating in the 60s and worst film overall coming in behind the Darjeeling Limited. He has a value of 2 and a score of 39.5 to be ranked 642nd tied with a bunch of other people including Mike Mills, Oscar nominated for 20th Century Women, Arthur C. Clarke, not Oscar nominated for 2001 colon A Space Odyssey. And ahead of uh, a couple of people, including Stevie Wormers, who is one of the writers on Tarzan, the animated movie, uh, Steven Soderbergh, uh, Oscar-nominated writer for Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and uh, Schwartzman is behind James Vanderbilt, who is one of the writers on Zodiac. Also includes Kunichi Nomura. This is their his only film credit. Uh, he has an average film rating of 64, one film in the 60s, Isle of Dogs, film value of 0.5, score of 21.83, tied with a whole host of other people, but the writers of Natural Born Killers, Trumbo, uh, Serpico, Smokey and the Bandit, The Death of Stalin, uh, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, 9 to 5, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, The Searchers, Russian Ark, The Rescuers Down Under, and uh, much more. And those are all the writing credits for I Love Dogs, story by and screenplay. Moving on to acting. There are 18 actors to be credited on the spreadsheet for I Love Dogs. We will start at the top with Tilda Swinton. This is her 28th film credit. Uh, She is the voice, uh, because 
animated films. Tough, not, I could have sworn that some of these dogs had the same voice, but um, just to kind of help out. Uh, so Tilda Swinton is the voice of Oracle in the film. This is her 28th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 68.43. It is her fourth film rating in the 60s and 18th best movie overall, coming in behind The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, and ahead of We Need to Talk About Kevin. It improves her film value to a 19 and her score to an 82.87, ranking her 13th overall, one spot behind Andy Serkis, one spot ahead of Rafe Fiennes. Uh, Tilda Swinton, as the voice of Oracle, my favorite dog in the movie, my favorite character in the movie, honestly, uh, was, was Oracle. Oracle was hilarious. I loved Oracle. Next up is Bill Murray. Bill Murray is the voice of Boss in the film. And uh, this is his 43rd film credit for me. It improves his average film rating to a 63.84, and it is his 12th film rated in the 60s. 24th best film overall. One spot behind Matthew Gray Goobler's Life Aquatic Intern Journal, and one spot ahead of Space Jam. It, is, uh, it improves his film value to an 18.5 and his score to a 79.5 even. He is ranked 30th overall, one spot behind uh, Paul Newman, and one spot ahead of Leonardo DiCaprio. Next is Frances McDormand. She plays the voice of the interpreter, Interpreter Nelson, in the film. Uh, this is her 23rd film credit, and it improve, drops her average film rating to a 69.91. It is her 6th film rated in the, 50, in the 60s, and 16th best movie overall. One spot behind North Country, for which she was nominated, and one spot ahead of The Good Dinosaur, the forgotten Pixar film. She has a film value of 14.5 and a score of 78.82, ranking her 33rd overall, one spot behind um, last year's Co- also, last year's best um, best actress winner, Allison Janney, and one spot ahead of Woody Harrelson. I, I didn't say that smoothly, but I said it. I said it. Uh, uh, yeah, um, Frances McDormand was okay. I don't know. She gave she gave a lot of personality to to that interpreter character, which I was appreciative of. Next up is Harvey Keitel. This is uh, Harvey Keitel is the voice of Gondo. This is his 22nd film credit and it drops his average film rating to a 64.55. It is his fifth film rating in the 60s and 11th best movie overall, coming in one spot behind Mean Streets and one spot ahead of The Last Temptation of Christ. He has a film value of 9.5 and a score of 68.67. He's ranked 178th overall, one spot behind Jane Darwell. Oscar winner, and one spot ahead of Mark Margolis. And uh, Gondo... Mm, I do my, my, my issue is, I think a lot of these dogs, while they're definitely... They definitely have personality traits that are distinguishable. Um, like, as a group, they just kind of blend together. As Like... The problem is, with a few couple exceptions, the names don't stick out. When you have a group of five dogs whose names are King, Boss, Duke, Chief, uh, you know, and Rex, I couldn't tell you what each one of them was by their name alone, except Chief, because he's the main character. Slightly frustrating. Harvey Keitel. 
Um, obviously, Harvey, Harvey Keitel was not part of that group. His name is Gondo, but like I don't even... We see Gondo's name maybe once. It's spoken once, maybe. Not enough. Uh, next is Edward Norton. This is uh, his 25th film credit, and he was the voice of Rex. Uh, he improves his average film rating to a 62.68. It is his only film rated in the 60s and 13th best movie overall. One spot behind The Italian Job. One spot ahead of Everyone Says I Love You. It improves his value to a 10 and his score to a 68.04. He is ranked 199th overall, just behind Ray Baker, uh, who was in Ed Wood and Rain Man and Total Recall, and just ahead of Angela Lansbury, Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast, the animated version. Next up is Angelica Houston. This is her 22nd film credit. She uh, is is credited as the mute poodle in the film. This improves her average film rating to a 63.5. It is her third film, rated in the 60s and 11th best movie overall. One spot behind Matthew Gray Goobler's Life Aquatic Intern Journal, and one spot ahead of Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast. She improves her value to a 9 and her score to a 67.21. She is ranked 228th overall, just behind Saoirse Ronan and just ahead of Annie Potts. Next is F. Murray Abraham. He is the voice of... where is it? Uh, Jupiter, who is the partner of Oracle in the movie. Also the opening... Uh, dog, the black dog with the like uh, drinking barrel around his neck. Uh, this is his 13th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 65.46. It is his third film rated in the 60s and eighth best movie overall. One spot behind All the President's Men, one spot ahead of Serpico. It improves his value to a 7.5 and his score to a 64.23, ranking him 332nd overall. One spot behind Kumar Palana, Payana Palana, who was in the Royal Tenenbaums, Darjeeling Limited, and Rushmore, so somebody who has been in a handful of Wes Anderson films themselves. And one spot ahead of Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Next up is Bob Balaban. He is the voice of King in the movie. Uh, this is his 18th film credit and draw, uh, improves his average film rating to a 62.78. It is his second film rating in the 60s and 10th best movie overall. Coming in behind Gosford Park and ahead of 2010, colon, the year we made contact. It improves his, average, his film value to a 7.5 and his score to a 64 even, tying, uh, tying him at 339th overall with other such names as Richard Dreyfus, Albert Delpy, Tom McGrath, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, and uh, John Rothman. He is one spot behind Jack Warden and one spot ahead of Toby Jones. Next up is Scarlett Johansson, the voice of Nutmeg. This is her 37th film credit and improves her average film rating to a 57.81. It is her third film rated in the 60s and 17th best movie overall. Coming in behind Vicky Cristina Barcelona and ahead of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Uh, it improves her value to a 4 and her score to a 58.85. She is ranked 
642nd overall, one spot behind Adrian Brody, and one spot ahead of Conrad Vernon. All right. Uh, nutmeg, I like nutmeg, but, I mean, didn't get a lot to do, like most of the dogs in the movie. Next up is Greta Gerwig. Uh, she is the voice of the exchange student Tracy Walker in the film. Uh, this is her 13th film credit and improves her average film rating to a 61.23. Uh, she has a, it is her second film rate in the 60s and seventh best movie overall. One spot behind Greenberg, one spot ahead of No Strings Attached. She has a film value of 4.5 and a score of 57.57 ranking her 744th overall, one spot behind Ted Danson, one spot ahead of Kurtwood Smith, who is red from that 70s show. I so so her character Tracy is is fine up to a point. I think I was out on Tracy's character as soon as she was basically presented as the leader of this pro dog coalition and i just think that's kind of silly given the fact that this all takes place in japan she is playing an exchange student uh who speaks english and the film is clearly taking steps to like not come off as reappropriating japanese culture and and such and i think for the most part it does that but i just wish anyone else could have been leading the, the charge, like, even if it's her voice, and even if she's the one that we're hearing and talk about it, and the spokesperson, just somebody else be the figurehead of this thing would have made, made me feel a lot better in that sense. Uh, next up is Cara, Hay Cara Hayward. Um, you may remember her as the girl from Moonrise Kingdom. She is credited as Peppermint in the film. This is her fifth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 71.2. It's her only film rated in the 60s and fourth best movie overall. One spot behind the aforementioned Moonrise Kingdom. One spot ahead of The Sisterhood of Night. She has a film value of 4.5 and, and a score of 55.36. She is currently ranked 904th overall. One spot behind Diane Wiest and one spot ahead of Marlene Dietrich. Uh, next up is Brian Cranston, voice of the main character of the movie, or I guess the main character, uh, Chief. Uh, this is his 23rd film credit and improves his average film rating to a 56.48. It is his ninth film rated in the 60s and ninth film overall. One spot behind the most recent Godzilla film and one spot ahead of his Oscar-nominated performance in Trumbo. He has a film value of 2 and a score of 53.96. He is currently ranked 1,035th overall, one spot behind Liv Ullman, and one spot ahead of John Doucette. Uh, Doucette, who has been in such films as Strangers on a Train and High Noon. Next up is Frank Wood. Frank Wood is credited as the voice of the simul translate machine in the film this is his fifth film credit and improves his drops his average film rating to a 68.4 this is his only film right in the 60s and fourth best movie overall just behind dan in real life and just ahead of changeling it improves his value to a 3.5 and his score to a 52.36 
tying him at 1,166th with Lawrence Harvey, Oscar-nominated for Room at the Top, and Richard Dysart. I don't know who that is. He was in The Thing and Being There. He's uh, Frank Wood is one spot behind Ashley Johnson from The Avengers and The Help, and one spot ahead of Brian Dennehy, who was in Silverado, Romeo Plus Juliet, and a voice in Ratatouille. Next up is Jeff Goldblum. He is the voice of Duke. And I thought his dog was fun in the movie with the uh, the rumors. <laughs> Loved it. You're not with any... Literally spends no time with any other dogs and somehow always finds, has rumors to tell them that they've never heard. Uh, this is his 27th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 55.04. It is his fifth film rated in the 60s and 12th best movie overall, coming in behind The Prince of Egypt, another voice role, and ahead of Tour de Pharmacy. It is a, uh, It improves his value to a 0.5 and his score to a 51.74, ranking him 1,228th overall for the time being. Puts him just behind Michelle Fairley and uh, Sofia Coppola, and one spot ahead of John Travolta. Next up is Fisher Stevens. Uh, Fisher Stevens, who is credited as the voice of Scrap, uh, who I believe is the dog that talks to Spots when he's locked in the cage on the island, I think. Um, this is his eighth film credit and improves his average film rating to a 60.5. It is his only film rating in the 60s and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind Factotum and ahead of Hackers. It improves his value to a 2 and his score to a 50.4. He is now ranked 1,375th overall, tied with Murray Hamilton and Roger Alam, uh, just behind Doris Lloyd and just ahead of Bridget Moynihan. Next up is Courtney B. Vance, who is credited as the narrator. This is his eighth film credit and improves his average film rating to a 57.88. It is his only film rated in the 60s and fourth best movie overall. Coming in behind Nothing But the Truth and ahead of Dangerous Minds. It improves his value to a 1, his score to a 47.3, and he is ranked 1,711th, tied with Kim Hunter, Oscar-nominated and Oscar-winner for A Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, and tied with Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther himself. He is one spot behind Victor Jory from Gone with the Wind and one spot ahead of Basil Rathbone from The Adventures of Robin Hood. Next up is Liev Schreiber. He is the voice of spots in the film. This is his 23rd film credit and improves his average film rating to a 51.78. It is his fourth film, rated in the 60s and 10th best movie overall, coming in behind the Denzel version of The Manchurian Candidate and ahead of Salt. It uh, improves his film value to a negative 4 and his score to a 43.64. He is ranked 2,196th overall, one spot behind John Voight, one spot ahead of Kevin Nash. Next up is... Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe is uh, the voice of 
the head surgeon. He, uh, this is his 10th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 51.5. It is his third film rating in the 60s and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind the most recent Godzilla and ahead of The Last Samurai, for which he was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, he has a film value of 0.5 and a score of 43.42, ranking him 2,222nd. He's one spot behind Charlene Yee and Gloria Graham, Oscar winner Gloria Graham for The Bad and the Beautiful. And he is one spot ahead of Michael Redgrave and Maud Apatow. Maud Apatow is, I believe, the eldest daughter of Judd Apatow. Apatow, Apatow. And those are all the voices that were of any significance. Uh, other voices that were in the film that don't, at least for now, make the cut uh, include Yoko Ono as Yoko Ono-san. That's about it. Uh, genre. Moving on to genre. As a film from 2018 rated 64, it is an adventure film. Bumping up the average rating of those to 52.57. It's animated. Bumping those up to 52.38. It is comedy. Bumping that up to 53.56. It is a drama. Improving the average rating of dramas to 60.48. It is a fantasy film. Uh, improving the average of those to 53.44. And it is a sci-fi film. Improving the average rating of those to 52.98. It is a three on the Bechtel test for the scene between Yoko Onasan and Tracy, the Greta Gerwig character. So it passes that, uh, improving the average Bechtel score to 1.43. And it is PG-13. PG-13. Does not currently find its home on the IMDb Top 250 or my own Top 300. Currently not nominated for an Oscar, but it may get there. may make it in uh, Best Animated Feature if it goes on long enough. Uh, it does have a small impact on the Circle of Film Awards at the moment. It uh, gets Wes Anderson in there for Best Director, uh, as well as Screenplay. Alexandra Desplat makes an appearance in Best Score and uh, Best, Vis Best Special Effects, um, primarily for the animation, although with every Wes Anderson film, the film editing and cinematography are quite fantastic as well. And... Uh, yeah, so it's currently nominated for four Circle of Film Awards, uh, which puts it... Um, makes it... It has the fifth most nominations at this point. Black Panther is at 16, Annihilation has nine, A Quiet Place has eight, and Unsane has seven. Moving on. Um, it is the best animated film that I've seen from 2018 thus far, rated 64. The next, you would have to go back to 1990 to find um, a year where the best animated film was rated that low, which would be Rescuers Down Under from 1990 with a 64. Uh, obviously, we're still only in April, so there are a lot of months left for animated films to come out, including The Incredibles, and definitely not limiting myself there. So I do imagine that this will eventually be usurped, but for the time being, it holds that position. Moving on to the year of 2018... Isle of Dogs is the 52nd film uh, I have seen released in 2018, officially, or at all, not officially. Uh, it is the 709th film I have seen this year. Um, it's a lot. 
It improves the average film rating of 2018 films to 37.15. It improves their tomato meter to 47.55. It is an adventure film, the 12th. 12th adventure film, 3rd animated film, 15th comedy, 24th drama, 9th fantasy film, and 13th sci-fi film that I've seen released in 2018. As a good film, it is the 9th good film from 2018 and improves the ratio to 0.24 good to bad films from this year. With a 3 on the Bechtel test, it is part of the 53.85% of films this year with a 3 on the Bechtel test. And as a PG-13 film, it is the 19th PG-13 film I've seen from this year. Just one slot behind R-rated films, which I've seen 20 of. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, Isle of Dogs. Again, I it's a fine film. I enjoyed it, but it's not... It's one of my least favorite Wes Anderson films. It's not one I, I imagine revisiting very often, if at all. And uh, I was pretty, pretty underwhelmed, to say the least. That being said, uh, before we go, I just wanted to add on that uh, I have. How do I? How do I? Um, hold on a second. I just wanted to add before before I sign off here, as we near about half an hour. Cool. That uh, I've I've done on the on the website circleoffilm.com. Um, I've written a more expansive review for another film I saw uh, yesterday as of this recording. So also on the same day as I watched uh, Isle of Dogs, I watched another 2018 film uh, called Ramakin. If you listen to the Cinerealist podcast, James just did an episode with the director of that that film, uh, Cody Clark. Uh, I've watched it. I put a review on the website. It's fairly long. It's far longer than the one I put on Letterboxd. Um, and that was at Mr. Clark's uh, request, I suppose. Uh, I encourage you to check that out. Uh, I think the film itself is is solid and decent and worth a look. It is quite short, only about 70 minutes long. And uh, you can find it. It's currently not released conventionally. Um, but if you want to support the film and the creator and crew, I guess crew, I don't know. Maybe maybe you don't support the crew. You can at least support the creator for sure. Uh, you can do that on uh, Indiegogo. And I'll have a link for that in the show notes uh, as well as a link. Well, I guess not a link to the article. But the article is on circleoffilm.com. And a link in the show notes will direct you to the Indiegogo campaign for the film. Uh, again, that's Ramakin, directed by Cody Clark. Uh, and uh, that's about it for today's episode. I want to thank you so much for listening and uh, keeping, keeping, keeping up with things. Uh, if you want to check out, uh, you know, things I've written, on this, the, the Ramakin review is the second quote-unquote article on the website. Uh, the first was written a few months back in relation to the sort of volatile and vehement world that we live in and that and its relationship to quote-unquote Oscar movies and things like that. those That stuff is on the website along with all the other previous episodes I've done and tons of other data and information. If you want to get in touch with the show, you want to contact me for any and all reasons, uh, you can do that circleoffilm at gmail.com or tweet at circleoffilm. If you would like to support 
what I'm doing, support my show, head over to patreon.com slash circle of film. Uh, I want to thank you for listening once more. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same